The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast, episode 176. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. I am fired up tonight. I'm trying, I'm trying something new. I usually am sitting, but tonight I am standing. I'm standing for the people. I'm, I'm standing for the fact that I'm very tired and hopefully that standing will make it not sound like I'm about to fall asleep. How, how are you doing, buddy? How, how's, how's the fam? How's everything going? <laughs> We're good. We're good. Uh, last week, we, well, I guess la- at, at time of last recording, I was a person under investigation, PUI or whatever they call it, for the COVID. Got my results Wednesday morning. So the next day, it's positive. And? Positive. Oh. Your boy had the COVID has had, I don't know what the statute limitation on this thing is. I'm feeling much better than even last week. I will still get like a, uh, a symptom that'll like knock me on my butt for a few hours. Um, but it seems like that's spreading out a little bit more. Um, let me just say grateful that the family and I, Samantha specifically, and I, the ones that probably had it, Samantha didn't get, Oh, here, let's back up a couple seconds. I'll tell the story again. So we were exposed by a family member at dinner Sunday night, two and a half weeks ago. They came to dinner, not feeling well. Um, they had said they had uh, colds or allergies, uh, usual for them this time of year, especially with the, the cotton harvest. All familiar with that. I usually just have a big head of snot around that time. Um, can confirm. Can confirm. I've, I've witnessed it. Um, a few days after that, so it was like Thursday after we were all gathered together for Sunday dinner, that family come, came back and said, Hey, we actually tested positive for COVID. We're so sorry. Like we never, we never even considered blah, blah, blah. Samantha and I went out and we all got tested on Friday. Um, Samantha and I went to a, a clinic that was set up specifically for, uh, employees of the organization I work for. Um, and they did the rapid test and came back. Samantha and I were both negative. We took our older son to the pediatric urgent care clinic. Um, he had a two day test. His was negative. I re- reported all this back to my employer and they were like, actually the, the rapid test isn't so great for the time window that you actually tested for it. Like you need to be a few days after your exposure than when you actually tested. So like I would, I would suggest you go back to this other clinic that uses a little more specific or sensitive test. I went back on Monday, got my results on Wednesday, positive. My wife did not get retested. We just assumed she also had it. Um, 
my son didn't ever, like he had the more specific test to begin with. They, they never thought he tested too early. So he just didn't get it. Um, the youngest son, two months old, we were most scared about him. Sure. Of course. Never like he, if he had anything, he had it the most mild, but good. Nothing. Um, anyway, fast forward to today. It's been a little over a week since I've tested. Like I said, almost two and a half weeks since my exposure. I feel 90%. Uh, good. My main symptoms, while mild, were a headache, uh, nasal sinus congestion. I had a little bit of a cough. I had a little bit of a fever. I didn't get the digestive symptoms that some people say. And then most recently, I lost for a few days most of my sense of smell and part of my sense of taste. And not like I couldn't taste certain things. It was just, it felt blunted almost or that my sense of taste was a little more bland. I don't know how best yeah. to describe it. But when I say my sense of smell, I could still smell things that were very strong, but only very faintly. I could only perceive them very faint. Um, and I noticed this, the day I noticed that I had, <laughs> I've been working from home like for a long time now, had not showered probably three or four days. I knew, <laughs> I knew I was stinky. And I legit had my mic, my, my arm up, my face in my armpit, <sighs> nothing. I was like, hmm, that's probably not a good sign. <laughs> this would have been a perfect time to roll into that manscaped ad, bro. It would have been, but uh, <laughs> we're not quite there yet. Um, but even that has come back. Like it, it didn't, it didn't hit us very hard or for very long. Uh, I'm, I'm already smelling things again. Um, grateful. I, I have a newborn to test that sense out. Cause I get to, Oh yeah, I can smell his diapers again. That's fine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That would, that would uh, clear the sinuses very quickly. And, and the rest of your family's okay. Your extended family and everybody's well, doing okay. So we probably got the most mild version of it within the family. Mm. Um, Samantha's parents, obviously are a little more, excuse me, a little more at risk. Um, her mom was actually hospitalized. still is, uh, should be coming home though soon. Um, she was ha just having, she needed some oxygen support. Basically. Uh, she wasn't able to keep her oxygen levels up, but while she was there, she was getting the, the in infusion treatments and the nasal cannula oxygen. Um, she had her last IV treatment today. Um, and then as assuming that her breathing is an acceptable rate, they're going to discharge her home with like a home oxygen concentrator to help her get back to hundred percent. Um, good. Her dad, again, more of a, like a flu like symptom set for him. Didn't have the same breathing issues that she did. Samantha's older sister, uh, got a little like same kind of symptoms we did, but hers came on a little bit stronger than ours did. I, I would say Samantha's symptoms were probably a little bit stronger than mine. Um, the an, an original family that I guess contracted and brought it, um, it wasn't as severe. So like, I don't know. So Samantha has four siblings. Sorry. Samantha is one of five children. All of them are married. Four of them live in the Lubbock area. So 
Sunday dinner for us is her, like we're all over at her parents' house. So there's four, there's five families that are together, about 20 of us. Um, you know, I can't do that math really quickly. 10, 12 adults. We're assuming all 12 of us had it or have it. Um, Mm -hmm. and then kids, I think only the oldest of the nephews who's in high school maybe got it. Grayson would like, he showed symptoms, but there are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Like I said, tested negative for it. Um, All headed towards recovery. So we're uh, grateful that... Even though we did have somebody in our family be hospitalized, it wasn't for, like, they didn't go to the ICU. They weren't ever intubated and put on a ventilator, um, any of that. So even the most severe, severest of us um, considered pretty lucky. Yeah, I mean, very fortunate overall. I know it wasn't a fun experience for you or your wife. But, uh, you know, hopefully your mother-in-law gets to come home as planned. Everything will get back to normal in that regard. But, uh, yeah, pretty crazy couple of weeks for you, my friend. Yeah, we're all uh, ready to get back together uh, for Thanksgiving. They're not concerned now about getting sick because we've all had it. Like, legit, I think we're like, well, uh, we, we kind of all went through that experience together, got over it or, or getting over it. Um. But now I, 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 I had this thought the other day. I was like, I, I'm not a hundred percent caught up on all the research on the antibodies and possible immunity to this thing now that I've already had it or for how long that may last. I was like, does that mean I don't have to wear a mask anymore? Cause I've already got uh. it and, and I can't spread it after I'm out of my contagious window. I wonder, I wonder what that means. I feel like you'd almost have to have a t-shirt that clearly defines <laughs> like a scarlet letter walking around. I've already had it. Don't worry. I've already had it guys. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. No longer contagious. Cause yeah, I, that I, might I, be the only way. I think there'd be a lot of social shaming going on about like, oh, he's not wearing a mask. Oh yeah. I'd, I'd be one of them. 
I'd, and, I'd be one of those that does the, the awkwardly long look <laughs> and, and the turning of the head as yeah. someone walks by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because I, I don't know like how, how serious or legit that is that I, I can't actually spread it. I won't be going maskless in public. Just as someone that has it, have, had man, it. man helping man over there. Look at you. Well, I, I'm, I'm also trying real hard not to go out. Um, only going out absolutely necessary, but like, I mean, when we go pick up dinner on the rarest of occasions, I'm always wearing a mask if somebody comes up to the car, which is not something I used to do because I, I figured we were separated by enough. Like they would come in within the six feet, obviously to hand off my food, but like now I'm like mask. I don't do gloves, but I do hand sanitizer. Um, I go pick up groceries, but like the contactless manner that that's kind of evolved now. Like they just come to the window again. I'll have my mask on say everything in the trunk. Sure. I'm not signing anything. That's the way to do it. Uh, don't go into the store. So I'm obviously not going to work. I, I, I I should be cleared. Uh, like they they, they called me today and said, how are your symptoms? I was like, I'm fine. Like as long as nothing changes, you should be cleared to end your isolation on Thursday and return to work on Friday but I don't have to be in the office. Um, really, I, I don't have to maintain a physical presence in my office basically anytime. So I'm good to go. Like I said, feeling better on the mend. Don't want to give it to anybody because while it was fairly mild, still unpleasant. Definitely. And for others, it could be more than just unpleasant. For sure. Because like I said, we all have the same exposure, the same person. Um, but wildly different experiences and symptoms, like I said, one of us, one of our family ended up in the hospital. So where I had it, like, it felt like the flu I had back in January this year, it felt a little bit like that, but not quite as long or not quite as intense. So anyways, that's the, that's a Spencer COVID experience. Don't (laughs) wish on anybody. Like I said, unpleasant. And you don't know how your body's going to react to it. I wish more people in our communities were a little more cautious, but that's, that's where I'm going with that. I'm not, I'm not blaming. I'm not saying my, my family member that they get us all. That's not what, that's not who I'm talking about. There's more in general for the community. That's not what you said before you hit record, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just um, kidding. It, let, let, let's get back to sports. We have, we have basketball to talk about. We have a game tomorrow to talk about. Um, we have actually three games this week. Wednesday night, Friday night, Sunday afternoon. You can wrap up a little bit. The NBA draft, which was last week, our man, Jemias Ramsey, were, was drafted. Some updated rankings and ratings to help us preview the three games this week. And then we have football again this weekend. Game number nine versus Oklahoma State. Look around the Big 12 and get to your questions. If you want to follow us throughout the week on Twitter, follow us there in the games, all that kind of stuff. For the podcast account, it is at 23Personnel. You can follow me, Spencer, at PuntsSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. You can also find us on Instagram, 23Personnel Podcast, and pick up your favorite podcast merchandise teespring.com slash stores slash 23 personal podcast t-shirts and hoodies we are 
we are in hoodie season. There was a stupid windstorm today. Highs, well, it said it was in the 60s. felt like it was in the 40s all day. Yeah, my weather apps just all said that the conditions were dusty. Yeah, which is not something we usually get here not windy. in the fall. It was dusty. Yeah, it was dusty. Had a little sneezy action going on tonight. Unrelated to COVID, actually. So we have two more weeks, assuming everything goes well, uh, on the Rob Bro College tailgate show. If you are following us or paying any attention, we, uh, we had our show last week canceled because um, I was out with being sick. Rob had been exposed uh, a couple of different ways, um, namely me, because I was, I was in the studio with him like three days that week that I ended up getting it. Um, and then I think he had some family members as well. So best just to call it for this that weekend. We should be back on this weekend. We are normally on 10 to noon, but with the Oklahoma State game being at 11, I believe we're going 9 to 11 this Saturday. Yes, that was what we discussed before and haven't had to deal with it this whole season until now. So that's that's what I would assume as well. Yeah, I mean, game number nine for Texas Tech is your first 11 a.m. kickoff. So how about that? How about that? All right. Let's, uh, let's get into basketball really quickly. Guys, you know the wait is over. Football's in full effect. Many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Michael? Yes. Let's talk about some basketball. Yes. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. So the draft was last weekend, last week, excuse me, not last weekend, last week. Our man, Jemias Ramsey goes 43rd overall, 13th in the second round to the Sacramento Kings. What are your thoughts? Uh, you know, not too surprised. I really didn't know exactly where he would land as far as the team. 
but I think you and I were both kind of, I, I think the, the aspect of having another first round draft pick was probably not going to work out for tech this year. Not that it matters that much for tech, but it sure is nice to boast having a first round draft pick three years in a row. So, you know, just based off what we'd seen, not too surprised that he fell that far. Um, you know, I'd seen, I think you posted some stuff last week about 41 and uh, maybe even 38. So probably a little further than we even thought, but not too surprised overall. What were your thoughts? So the, I guess the latest mock draft I saw said as late as 44th. Um, so right on the money, just yeah, about that, that person was really close. Um, you know, honestly, I'm a little disappointed. Um, I thought he could have gone higher, but I'm also disappointed. Like he, because he didn't go higher, like, man, what if Jemias Ramsey was on this team this year for Texas tech? One, one thing I do appreciate is apparently that whole night he was wearing a gigantic Texas tech ring. He do made it, sure to answer his phone with that ring. And so every, every shot you see him on the phone, there's the huge double T and it's, it's the old school flat double T I think. So I'm a fan of. Yeah. So that's, you know, hats off to, to Jemias Ramsey for, for representing the brand. red Raider love yeah, out for there sure. uh, when you didn't have to, we, we do appreciate that. And, and great luck, great luck with the Kings. I, I did not keep up with the Kings very much this year. I will now. I couldn't. Yeah. I mean, obviously uh, we'll do that now. Um, I believe Zaire Smith was traded too. Did you see that? Yeah. I, I think he was traded to the Pistons. Yes, that's right. He was traded to Detroit. I meant to add that to the notes. I'm sorry to just kind of throw that in there, but, but yeah, I guess I'm no longer going to really follow the Sixers as much and <laughs> I'll check out how Detroit and Sacramento are doing and keep up with uh, the Timberwolves as long as, as long as Culver's still around. Yeah, for sure. There were, there are actually a lot of rumors going on uh, pre-draft about Culver possibly getting packaged up and dealt somewhere else as uh, the T wolves are looking to, to up their, their draft assets, but currently still a member of the Timberwolves organization. We're still fans of the Timberwolves then. Yes. Diehard. So going into college basketball, Ken Palm, Ken Pomeroy, his rankings, uh, and has metrics, uh, both have been updated since their initial release. Um, Ken Palm has Texas Tech at number six, which I think they were there uh, beginning of last week. But Haslametrics has moved Texas Tech up to number four. Uh, he doesn't typically do a preseason rankings, um, but he said in like a series of tweets, 2020 has some extenuating circumstances. He felt the need to like, this is one, one opportunity for us to, to get into this. Um, so based on some advanced statistical me measurements, Texas Tech is a top six team, which is a great place to be to start the season. Now, I think one of the biggest things we're all looking forward to is trying to see how this team builds chemistry. That was one of the questions we had last season, um, and it didn't quite work out as well as it did the year before. Uh, you, you brought in a whole bunch of transfers. You've done that now under Chris Beard every year. Uh, you feel like maybe you missed on some of your transfers last year. Uh, I think you feel a lot better about your, your transfers and prospects this year. 
but you still have to get the 13 guys together playing together as one cohesive unit. And when you have that much talent, you know, you got to figure out who gets the, who gets playing time, who, who comes off the bench, who can handle that kind of role. Um, and is, you know, it doesn't slink back you know, as being a superstar somewhere else and comes to Texas tech and is more of like a role player. Um, that's, that's a, that's a great point because that's, there are guys that who may say that they're, committed to that sort of philosophy and who may sign up for that and know that that's going to be implemented. But then when it comes right down to it and they're averaging four minutes a game, they may change their mind about it and and they may not quite feel the same. And this may be the only year that they're here. So it's, it's a, it's a great point. I mean, people could come here with great intentions, knowing what beard preaches and what, what he sells and then realize, Oh, you know, I, I would rather play, you know, I would, I would rather start for a, a, a D3 team or I would rather this or that, or they, they just might change their aspect on it. So yeah, there's a lot riding on things that there's no way of really knowing until we get to see quite a few games. I, I think it's going to take until, I mean, unfortunately, cause it's starting so early this year with everything going on. I, I think it's going to take till three or four games into the big 12 mm-hmm. games before we still, we kind of start seeing and, and learning what to expect from these guys. Yeah, because you didn't have the the, the typical off season. Uh, you you were able to get together. And you still practice a lot as a team, um, but it's it's different. You know, obviously you're starting. You know, probably a week or two later than you normally would. Uh, you're playing a little truncated non conference schedule. You're not playing as many games, um, and you're starting conference a week and a half or two weeks early this year. So you start later and start conference play earlier. Um, you've got to get going a lot faster this year than, 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 you know, years previous where you had time to kind of figure it out and tinker with your, your lineup and, and figure out, okay, who's my starting five? Um, who's going to be the guy that, that comes off the bench to, to, to spark something? Who's going to be the guy that we need the last second to take the shot or anything like that. So <clears throat> Chris Beard and company have some things to figure out, but I'm excited. I, I was talking to Michael before the recording, it snuck up on me. This season snuck up on me. We talked about it last week, but like this morning, I realized this is Tuesday morning. I realized basketball is tomorrow. Yes. And I got giddy. I got excited. Yes. Tomorrow at 6 p.m. Yeah. We're playing ESPN plus. <laughs> we're playing Northwestern state and, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, about a preview about that in a second. Um, but like just the prospect of having competitive basketball back especially like everybody's going to talk about this going to be a, you know, a theme, especially early on in the season about how the season ended last year and got pulled off the court and all that kind of stuff. Just ready to get back to it. Um, when you do get back to it tomorrow night, you should notice a significant difference on the court. <laughs> the, it happened quietly in April. Um, or at least it, it felt that way. Texas tech has chosen a new design on the, on the playing surface on the court last season you had more of a natural like a piney wood look it was more of like a yellow uh your your lanes were just stained a darker color the perimeter was red with uh black texas tech and red raiders and that midcourt you had the big double t with the state of texas also stained excuse me stained a darker color whereas this year it looks like they have painted the court or at least used a much lighter wood. So it's more of a, 
a brighter light almost. Um, the lanes. It's, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, 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 I like the contrast. I, I like that. It's brighter. It doesn't feel like the old one kind of felt dated a little bit. The baselines felt dated to me. The baseline. I would agree then, with that. And then everything like outside of the, the paint and the mid court, like that yellow felt dated. This one, it feels cleaner. Uh, you do get two United Supermarkets Arena's logos. Uh, Mid-court, you, you still got the 3D double T logo there. The panes, the, the panes, the lanes, and the out-of-bounds areas are all painted black. They're solid. Uh, and you do lose the state of Texas at mid-court. That's, that's, I guess that's the one thing I don't like about this new design is that you lost Texas. Um, but I think it's clean. I'm excited to see how, how it plays on TV. Uh, but in my mind, it looks great. Yeah, because most of the imagery we have, the, not all of the stands are in. There's obviously not as many players on there, or in this case, none on the one that, that we're both looking at. So I think it's going to make a difference. I'm, I'm not one to get too hot takey on it, but I did like the old one a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm with you. I'm just going to have to see what this looks like. It's not, it's not worth getting too bent out of shape about, but man, I, I missed the stain, the stained wood. I think stained generally looks better than paint most of the time, but I can get people's arguments about the state of Texas. Although I did like it, it is very similar to A&M's and UT's despite the fact that A&M somehow has Brownsville almost to the scores table and you know, the panhandle is just about in the stands. So they, they have like the biggest Texas they could they possibly fit on a court, but, but tech actually kind of did it tastefully. Yeah. I, I, it didn't bother me so much that Texas and A&M also had this state of Texas there. I, I don't think that like you can't, you can't be exclusive about who gets to use this, the image of the, the state, state of Texas. that we live in. Yeah. That's a yeah, I mean, good, good argument to, to make on that as well. I mean, now if every school in the state did it, I don't even know if I had a problem then, but like you've got five power five schools in the state of Texas, uh, even more group of fives. It's, it's, it's okay. Like Texans are proud. There's enough Texas for everybody. There is. All right. So your schedule, like I said, you've got three games this week, including a top 25 matchup with Houston, which will be third up. You've got two kind of, uh, I, I wouldn't say exhibitions, but you've got two games that you should win handily. Uh, first up this, uh, Wednesday night versus Northwestern state coming from Louisiana. Uh, quickly, if we look at, if we're going to look at Ken Palm ratings, um, Ken Palm has them rated as the number 269th school in the country. Texas Tech's sixth. Uh, Texas Tech has a, a significant advantage over every statistical category here, except for tempo. That I don't think that's that's not Texas Tech's game. Offense, uh, Texas Tech is fifteenth. Defense, Texas Tech is fifth. Uh, Northwestern State is two hundred fifty seventh and two hundred eighty fourth in those two categories. They play uh, about four more possessions per game, which is good for you know Texas Tech's. Average though, sorry, Ken Palm does adjusted tempo per, you know, so it's, it's adjusted to the, the opponent and it's number of possessions per 40 minutes. 
Texas Tech is at 70.6, which is good for 280th in, in the country. Mean that Texas Tech is going to be deliberate with with a shot. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna use the shot clock. They're gonna slow down the game a little bit. Northwestern State, which you can you typically see with smaller schools uh, that play a lot of big schools on their on their on their schedule, they play a lot more up tempo. They try to push it. Um, it helps. Uh, it, it can help bring uh, the disparity down a little bit in terms of talent. They average just under seventy five possessions. For 40 minutes, good for 24th in the country. So those four possessions is a 245 rank difference between these two schools. Um, Haslametrics does a a point projection for the game. Obviously, has Texas Tech winning uh, and winning by 30, 84-54. That feels about right. Yeah, that's not too crazy based off of what happened last year. Uh, so far, Northwestern State, I don't think, has has beaten Tech at all Ever. in the history of any of their matchups. Uh, Tech, I believe, is 5-0. and oh. And, uh, yeah, the last matchup, Tech won 79-44. So I don't expect, you know, I, that's just about the, the prediction there. I would kind of be surprised if Tech scores 84 points. Uh, their first outing so i think the margin of victories kind of kind of makes sense but i'd I'd be leaning closer to 20 25 Uh, there's just so many unknowns with this team and i don't mean that as a bad thing it's just but who knows who knows at this point and we'll know more next time because we'll have seen three games and as good as as the team was last year like the they had some like a slower start to their non-conference schedule i think they had a, a closer game than you would expect it early on it may have been against northwestern state I can't remember the schedule, how it lined up last year, but there was a game where you won comfortably, but for a while it was closer than, than you thought it should have been. Never felt it in, in question or in doubt, uh, but the margin just wasn't there. I think you, you had a five-point lead or whatever for most of the game, and you like I said, it was, it was comfortable. Um, like You never felt like they were going to challenge you for it, but you didn't really separate till the very end. That may be a thing that you're going to deal with early on in the, in the, in the schedule, which is just how you're going to have to you know, work through it. Be quick about it, though, because game three, you got in Houston. You, you can't be slow with them. Uh, game two, though, Friday night. Hopefully you're getting over the tryptophan comas. Sam Houston State, uh, worse in every category than Northwestern State was, so the, it gets a little bit easier, I would say. Um, the projected here is very similar to the first one. Uh, you're going to... Fu- Haslametrics has you scoring a few fewer points, 82 to 54. Um, still a 30-point victory in terms of just the matchup here. But you got a couple of games to get you ready for Houston, which is probably, I mean, it, it will be your most difficult non-conference game on the schedule. You get them game three. They are 21st in the country, according to Ken Palm. Um their offense is just a you know a point and a half better adjusted than yours. Uh, Ken Palm has you at 108.6 points per 100 possessions, whereas Houston is at 110.1, which is good for ninth in the country. Um, on defense, Houston gives up 90.4 points per 100 possessions, which is top 50 defense. So they're matching a top 10 offense with a top 50 defense. That will carry a lot of basketball schools. Um, 
Texas Tech, on the other hand, is giving up 85 points, good for fifth in the country, or projected for fifth in the country. Um, and Houston also plays with a, you know, about the same tempo that you do, 70.2 possessions for Houston to 70.6 possessions for Texas Tech. Has the metrics, has this on a neutral court as a two-point victory, almost a two-point victory for, for Texas Tech, 67 to 65. That's, I mean... That's kind of what I see too. Houston is legit. They're a very good mm-hmm. team. They were fun to watch last year. I, I'm worried about this one, and uh, that's kind of fun. It's it's fun to be that worried against. Maybe not that worried, but to have a test this early and get to see your guys go to a neutral site and get to play this really experienced, uh, good Houston squad. I mean, and it's going to be on ESPN two. It's on Sunday afternoon at four thirty get to the TV there. There's no app. There's nothing. It's going to be on ESPN too. You can find it. And mm-hmm. I think that's going to be some really good basketball to watch. Yeah. And, and you know, a one possession game, I mean, it could come down to free throws at the very end. It could come down to uh, a stop or, you know, a turnover late, any, any number of things that make basketball so exciting also means the last, you know, minute of game time is probably going to take 30 minutes of, of actual time. Um, sure. A few timeouts, a few, uh, you know, a few uh, free throws, a few fouls, all that kind of good fun stuff. Yeah. Um, which just can, like I said, it can be frustrating or it'd be just draw you in even more. Um, again, it's just really exciting to be talking about actual basketball. It's going to be happening starting tomorrow, Wednesday, the 25th. You're hosting Northwestern state. Then you're hosting Sam Houston state on Friday and then neutral site game on Sunday versus Houston. Michael, you ready to talk about some football? Yes, sir. Let's do it. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With time. Delivered. Picked off. DeMarcus Fields down the sideline. Touchdown. Red Raiders. 97 yards. Harold back to throw going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh, my. You got it. Touchdown. Oh. Robert Johnson, touchdown, Red Raider. Take a shot to the end zone. It's a touchdown to Reginald Davis. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Graham. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Country goes And touchdown, Red Raiders with a second to go. The scoring begin. All right. So first up, I guess we should talk about some injury roster updates uh, from what we've heard uh, as expected, I guess, after seeing the injury, Keyshawn Carter is going to be out for the rest of the season. Um, it looked like a shoulder collarbone issue. Uh, not, you know, you've got two weeks left in the season. Uh, wasn't much of a, Hope to bring him back that quickly. The good thing, though, if there can be a good thing, silver lining here, is that you do have three proven guys that are healthy uh, that would also be able to start at that H inside receiver position. Dalton Rigdon, Miles Price, and McLean Mannix are all listed as available and ready to go. I think we're all... It'd be really interesting if Mannix gets in the game. Yeah, we haven't seen him uh, except for real early on last season. 
Yes. Um, and this year he's been dealing with, with a back injury issue, um, which, you know, you, you don't ever want to rush that kind of thing. Grateful that uh, he's got the eligibility retained for this year, uh, regardless of how much he plays or his injury status, so he can come back next year. Um, Miles Price has, has really come on and made a name for himself as, as, as a, a true freshman. Uh, and then, you know, you know, you've been able to do really good things um, deep and with speed with Dalton Rigdon. So the inside receivers there, even if you just go Rigdon and Price, I think you feel pretty good about it. Um, but you should have Mennix as well. The other note we heard was that Bowman is expected to be your starting quarterback again. Um, but uh, I'm unsure what would, what would nece- nece- necessitate this, necessitate, make this necessary. <laughs> they said uh, Henry Columbia would also be playing. Yeah. Which, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like we, 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 we talked so much about, um, you know, at, at first, you know, Henry Columbia made, made the offense go. Um, and then the past couple of games, the, the stats, the gap narrowed up a little bit and very much like last season between Alan Bowman and Jet Duffy, it looks like it doesn't matter really who's behind center playing quarterback for Texas Tech, at least with David Yost, they perform almost exactly identical. The stats for Bowman and Columbia have kind of bear that out the past couple of weeks that, you know, they both complete the same percentage. They will uh, give you the same offensive production. Um, you know, the rush yards aren't really there for Columbia. You know, be that because he, he runs a little bit more, but also gets sacked a little bit more. Whereas Bowman just, he, he doesn't run. So they're the rushing yard difference that you like to, you would like to see with Columbia, just not there because he gets sacked a whole lot more than, than Bowman does. And then passing passing wise, um, like I said, they're, they're project, they're producing about the same amount. So what do you think? What, what do you think? Uh, Columbia seems to get sacked more. Does he just hold onto the ball more? Cause Bowman for the most part, he's pretty quick to get rid of it, but it's usually cause he's kind of making one read sometimes. So is do you think that's what it is that the, well, and is it just bad lineman play? Cause I, I feel like our line has done decently this year. I was just kind of interested to see what you thought. Well, I, I think that early on the performance of the offensive line was kind of hidden by how quickly Bowman was getting rid of the ball. So like we talked about, you know, offensive line is doing really well because our quarterbacks haven't been sacked. Well, it's because Bowman makes one read and then throws it the flat or throws it out of bounds. Um, which, and because Tech was running the ball well and they still are running the ball pretty well. Yeah, I mean, so you look at that and like, you know, wherever you want to fall on, 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 on Bowman's performance and his reads or whatever, he wasn't taking a lot of negative plays and he wasn't getting sacked a lot. Columbia, I felt like, uh, was reading, he was going through, or at least trying to go through his posi- pos- project. Why can't I think of this word? Progressions. Progressions. I was like stuck on pro- projections or whatever. He's going through his progressions. Um, same offensive line. I just didn't think, you know, they, they, they can't, you know, block for that long to, to allow the quarterback to get through that many. Um, and then, you know, he, he did, he was able to run some and that was, that was helpful, but you know, he's not able to avoid every single one of those, uh, 
you know, rushes or hurries or whatever. So I, I, I think the, the offensive line is not as good as we thought it was, at least in pass protection. Uh, running, I, I think they, they've looked uh, pretty good. Uh, you've got some good running backs back there with Sergeant Thompson, Taj Brooks, and Xavier White. But, yeah, so I, going back, I'm not sure why, why, you know, if Bowman is your starting quarterback and he's doing well, I wouldn't expect Columbia to come in unless they're expecting Bowman not to do well. That's why they're saying they're both going to play. I'm not sure why you would throw them both out there because again, you know, you, you, you can go back and say, I like his brand of offense better Bowman or, or Columbia um, stats wise though. Like I said, they they're so similar. It doesn't really seem to matter which one you put out there. Yeah. And it almost seems like, <sighs> It almost seems like they've broken Columbia. Whatever magic he had is gone. And yeah. it, it's it's just bizarre to see this offense both thrive and just go through extreme droughts under two completely different quarterbacks with two different skill sets. And, you know, sometimes it's, you know, okay, Campbell's graded scheming defenses. Patterson's graded scheming defenses, sure. How great is Baylor at that? How could how could they effectively stifle the tech offense so thoroughly well when Columbia was out there and then somehow Bowman was able to really give give tech a spark? Something well, he hadn't done in weeks. Yeah. I, I None mean, of it makes any sense. I, I, I would give Dave Aranda some credit there. I mean, I think he's, you know, obviously as a defensive coach has built his his resume, his his career on, on being, you know, a solid defensive coach. But I, yeah, I don't know. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm not sure what, what you're looking for. Uh, you know, without getting too much into our, our preview, Oklahoma state is pretty good at getting pressure on, on the quarterback. At least they have been uh, this season outside of last week in Norman. Um, you know, a lot of teams have bad games against Oklahoma. That's not something to be. <laughs> and, and they did. Part of it was they 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 were you know they lost their their starting quarterback for you know the middle half of that game, and the guy they had in there went five or for twenty, like thirty yards. Like yeah, their, their backup was struggling against um, OU. That's not yeah. going to work out well. OU was able to get a lot of pressure on on, on both the quarterbacks. Uh, OU was also allowed to get away with a lot of things early on in the game. I don't know if you watched the game. I, I watched on, on, on a recording on Monday and having watched one possession of Oklahoma and one possession of Oklahoma state, I was like, I already know how this game is going to go. Um, there was some sketch officiating in favor of Oklahoma early, early, early. Like they, their first drive, they, it was two plays, 75 yards, and a touchdown. They had one play. It was a long catch and run. They had two very blatant block in the backs, like offensive linemen blowing somebody up from behind in front of an official. No flag. Totally legal. That's fine. Yeah. And they, they, were, they were able to get away with a lot of like intimidation and unsportsmanlike stuff on defense early on. Uh, Ronnie Perkins, unsurprisingly, would like – he'd hit somebody like he'd make a good play. He'd hit somebody and then stand over them and like wag his finger at him. 
And the official's like, hey, man, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Oklahoma State does the same thing. Flag, flag. There's like 15 flags come flying in. It's like, all right, that's, <laughs> we're not going to call this the same way. Anyways, um, yeah, so Oklahoma State on defense, they're able to, 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 to pressure the quarterback. Like I said, not, not this past weekend. So I'm not sure. I mean, that would seem to me it would, it would um, favor a quarterback that's able to get through his reads or, or, or break down faster and to throw it away or throw it to the flat faster. So maybe that's why they're going back to Bowman um, after, you know, coming in and, and, and finishing out the Baylor game the way he did, as opposed to Columbia, who, who can break down and run, um, but has the tendency to be sacked a whole lot more. And, and, and with a defense that, uh, that can pressure the quarterback, you can't really leave somebody in there that's prone to being sacked. Yeah, I mean it's going to be a big test for sure for this this line. They, gosh, where was that? Uh, maybe against West Virginia, they were tested pretty, pretty well with the the brothers, Stills, you know, playing. Yeah, the Stills brothers. So I, I know there's been some tests, and they, they've done well. But Columbia was just seemed like he was sacked a lot uh, yeah. against Baylor, and. Yeah, that could be what they're looking at. They may be looking at stuff like that, trying to figure out how to keep that from happening as much as possible. And if Bowman's the guy to keep that happening, then okay. But I, I don't understand these coaches who have never done this before, doing it in back-to-back weeks, playing two quarterbacks, openly talking about playing two quarterbacks, saying they're going to do it, as opposed to having some internal discussions about, ah, you know, here's... If this happens, then we'll throw Columbia out there. But it's just it's just an odd strategy. But two games left in the season. It's COVID. It's twenty twenty. Whatever. Yeah, let's see what happens. <laughs> Last game of the season, Bob. Can't hold me back now. <laughs> That's right. Um. So, in terms of the secondary, looking at at some of the the stats for for Oklahoma State, they they do have. A really good wide receiver threat in Tylen Wallace, but it doesn't yes. seem like either one of their quarterbacks is very good at getting him the ball. Um, so, you know, Texas Tech's progression the past few games, getting your past games, past yards allowed under, you know, down to 280 something yards, you may continue to see positive progression here. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's a good chance that, Tech could allow less than that this week. Uh, almost a certainty that they could allow less than that against Kansas. We'll see because it didn't go that well last year. They had at least four. Um, I think there were two receivers over 100 yards, and I think there were four passing plays over 60 or whatever crazy stat it was last year. But Tech's really done well. They've held their own. They're out of 126 teams. They're 109th in passing yards. The last two games. They held TCU and Baylor to an average of 113 yards per game, which is crazy to me. TCU mm-hmm. was, of course, 73 yards, just abysmal. Uh, they couldn't keep Duggan from running that well, but at least they stopped him from passing. And Baylor, of course, was held to 153 yards. So, Which isn't that much better. I mean, that's, that's no. still half of what you've typically given up. Yes. I mean, it's the before the Baylor game, Tech was averaging 301 yards mm-hmm. passing per game. And as you already said, they're, they're at about 283 now. So it's slowly going down. And, 
you know, at first, the beginning of the year, it seemed like it was going to be this glaring, awful problem. And they've kind of figured some things out a little bit. And I think part of it is they they are pressuring the quarterback a little bit more as well. And they're able to have some linebackers who uh, who are a pretty do a pretty good job of pass coverage and, and pretty good job of reading plays, too. Yeah. Um, now, we'll, we'll get into the, the, the preview here, but I think Oklahoma State uh, will like to to lean more heavily on the run, whether it's with Sanders or with Chupa Hubbard and um, L.D. Brown. Not L.D. Brown. Yeah. For, for some reason, I, I, I said his name. I, I thought I was thinking about the running back from West Virginia. Anyways. Um, and then when they do throw, they're going to, you know, obviously going to go heavy play action, try to hit Tylen Wallace. And then you know, they've got a pretty good uh, tight end as well. But like I said, right now you're averaging 282, 283 yards passing per game. I think um, unless it just gets ridiculous and silly, like you, you may continue to, to improve on that. Um, I, I just don't think they have West, not West Virginia, Oklahoma state has the weapons to really push that. Now they've got really great receiver, obviously. Um, I don't think he's going to put up 300 yards receiving on you. And I, I don't think that's their offensive plan. I think they're going to try to run it because they've got fantastic running backs um, who haven't played super well, but they're still really good and they're going to rely on success there to set up the passing game. So, um, before we, like before we do that, I, I, I feel like we're, I'm looking ahead too far. We're just too excited. We're too excited about the Oklahoma state game. We can't I don't know it. why, um, your AP top 25 poll quickly, the top eight remain the same, uh, Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio state, Clemson, A&M, Florida, Cincinnati, BYU. Nine and no Cincinnati ranked behind five and one Texas A&M. Or not a no Brigham Young, I mean. Yeah. Um, they they have such a joke of a schedule, but like I have a hard time blaming them because they're independent and they just, they had to scrap for the schedule they have. Um, but they're beating the crap out of people. They are. But like they, they played like North Alabama and uh, UTSA and uh, I, I know. They, I, I, I will respect them for the, the win against Boise state. Cause they did the same thing to Boise that they did to everybody else. They beat him by 35 points. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's one thing to be nine and zero, which is impressive. Um, but as an independent, it's hard for me to like heap a whole bunch of praise on their schedule. Um, Oregon and Miami round out the top 10 Indiana fell a couple spots after getting blown out by Ohio state. Um, you see, Northwest. Well, yeah, I think the score finished closer than it was, but it was, yeah, it, it didn't feel close. Oh, it, it yeah. started off bad for, for Indiana. I think, um, yes, yes. Yeah. They had, had a rough start. They were closing in a little bit. Um, Northwestern, Indiana, Georgia, Oklahoma, Iowa state, our coastal Carolina Chanticleers dropped a spot. They are still eight and O. Marshall, Wisconsin chopped a few spots. They lost to Northwestern, I believe. USC, Texas, Oklahoma State dropped seven spots to 21. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Fail Better. David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. After losing uh, their Bedlam matchup, Auburn, Raging Cajuns, Tulsa and North Carolina checking back in the top 25. Yeah. What's, what's crazy is that Liberty who was, had creeped into the top 25 for the last few weeks, Mm -hmm. they win a nail biter of a game on the road against North Carolina state. And they drop out of the top 25, a game they were favored to lose. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. And they drop out. I mean, it's just, it was just kind of weird. Not that I'm rooting for Liberty, because I'm not, I mean, I love Liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Let's not, <laughs> let's not get it twisted y'all. But, but yeah, that was just kind of an interesting, an interesting way to treat a team that 
was undefeated going into there and then lost a really close one. Yeah. All right. So big, big 12 had two games this past weekend, Kansas state at Iowa state. Um, without having any of the backstory, you look at the Iowa state, Kansas state game. You're like, what happened? <laughs> a- apparently Kansas state really had no business playing. They were decimated. They didn't have a, the roster uh, that they should have played with. This is like Kansas playing Oklahoma a couple weeks ago. Um, the Kansas state loses 45 to zero. Just brutal. I think it's the most points Iowa state to put up all, all season against a decent Kansas state team that early in the season we, we thought could be competing for a title. Um, but not when, not when you do that. And then Bedlam, Oklahoma hosted Oklahoma state. They won 41 13. So back to our hot cold takes here. I'm doubling down. Iowa state will win the big 10. Oh my gosh. The big 12. Oh Iowa wow. State. Well, you know, that's the, they <laughs> play some big 10 football. Every now and then Iowa state, they they can't help it. We'll win the big 12. So let me set this up and give you some context before I have you weigh in. Mm, Okay. They are six and one in conference play there. They have two games left on their schedule. They traveled to Texas on Friday back home versus West Virginia on December 5th. So Oklahoma is second in the conference at five and two. Their remaining schedule is at West Virginia this weekend, home versus Baylor. So you think they, they probably win both of those games. Gotcha. Um, the problem, though, is they need Iowa State to lose two games. They need Iowa State to lose to both Texas and West Virginia. Because if they tie with the, with the um, standings, Iowa State has the tiebreaker with the win over Oklahoma. Now, that is just for, I guess, regular season title. They, they will still go to the, the conference championship game. Oklahoma State still has an outside shot at four and two. They have got three games left this weekend, obviously, versus Texas Tech. December 5th at TCU, December 12th at Baylor. They have got a good shot at winning the rest of their games to put them at six, seven and two. So if they're at seven and two, Oklahoma's at seven and two, obviously Oklahoma is going to own that uh, tiebreaker. Uh, and if Iowa state doesn't lose two games, they will finish out on top. So Michael, your take Iowa state will win the big 12 hot or cold. I think it's pretty hot. I think that's a pretty hot take because as, as good as they looked against Kansas's four string team, Kansas state's four string team, they, they will have to face, presumably, an OU team that just seems to be throttling the heck out of people lately uh, with no mercy and kind of the team that we thought that we were going to see all year. So I, I think they're hitting their stride kind of at the wrong time for Iowa State. So I, I think it's with that in mind, that makes it a hot take. I mean, if, if, if it's going to be Iowa State versus OU and you've got Iowa State winning right now, I would pick OU over Iowa State in that game. I might as well. Now, it helped, <laughs> it's, helped, it's helped Oklahoma that they got to play Kansas and Texas Tech uh, and then got all over Oklahoma State early. Um, yes. But Iowa and State that, is and not And Lincoln limping. Riley is ruthless and went for it on fourth and four. 
when he was up from, by 28. Yeah. And, and with six minutes left in the game and iced it with another touchdown. I mean, just ruthless. So yeah, you've got that in, in the back of your playbook too. So it's, I, I would love to watch that game. It, it excites me to think about an Iowa state, Oklahoma rematch. So, um, but right now I, I don't see him winning it. So hot take. If you've got Iowa state winning the big 12, nicely I, done. I, I, I think Iowa state will come into that game at least. So I, right now I'm going to say Iowa state will play Oklahoma for the title game. Iowa state coming in as the top seeded team, you know, probably, I mean, at the very least, the seven very least two. tied with OU, right? Yeah. At the very least seven and two, if not eight and one. Um, but even like they could win Friday. Yeah. Yeah. If, if they lose both of those games though, they dropped to six and three. Um, I can't remember who, who, if they beat Oklahoma state or not. That's who they, oh no, that's who they lost to. That's their one loss. So if they drop 24, to, 21, I think. Yeah. If they dropped to six and three, Oklahoma state could get back into that and play Oklahoma for the title, but they'd have to lose both those games. And I just don't see him doing it. Um, I, I, I pretty sure I picked uh, Iowa state to win the big 12 in the preseason. So let's just, let's just uh, make sure we, we acknowledge that fact. Sure. And I picked OU, so we might as well acknowledge that as well. <laughs> but I also said uh, Iowa State would beat Texas uh, in the title game, and that's not going to happen. So, yeah, well, you know. And but the Iowa State... You were, you were in the ballpark. The Iowa State-Texas matchup is this week, though. Friday evening. No, sorry, Friday morning. They, oh, that's the sucky one that, that we had to play last year. Texas Tech had to play. Uh, Iowa State in Austin Friday will be on ABC... And then this weekend's game, everybody's playing Texas Tech at Oklahoma State, Kansas State at Baylor, Oklahoma at West Virginia, TCU at Kansas. Any of those games catch your eye, Michael? Definitely Iowa State at Texas. That's just, that just seems that those are always good matchups between these two. Not always, but the last several years. Seems like something weird always happens, especially if it's in Ames. And usually it's like an iffy call or something mm-hmm. like that. But, uh, you know, not, no big interest in Kansas State versus Baylor, mm-hmm. OU versus West Virginia, TCU versus Kansas, couldn't care less. So, yeah, that's really it. Iowa State, Texas is the one I'll be paying most attention to outside of the matchup in Stillwater on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, historically, uh, at least in the past, like the Oklahoma-West Virginia game has been entertaining. I just don't see it this year. They don't have like a table on Austin. Like th- that game in 2011 or 13, whatever it was, when Tavon Austin like ran for 300 yards, when um, Dana Holgerson finally figured out, like it doesn't matter how you get Tavon Austin the ball, just give it to him. And they converted him into like a running back that night. Um, and he did like everything and still lost that game. By the way, West Virginia still lost. Um, they just don't have the horses to, 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 to keep up with Oklahoma, even on the road. Sorry, even with Oklahoma on the road. So yeah, like for me, it's Friday morning, Iowa State, you know, the, the same games you, you mentioned. Well, and even, even Iowa State versus Texas, you know, basketball tips off against Sam Houston State at one. So got to pick your battles there. I'm clicking that game off at halftime, basically, to go watch the basketball. 
Yeah, I'll probably do that too. Just kind of keep up with it on my score app or something like, or if I can figure out how to get two screens to work at once, which I think the ESPN app, you can do that. So I may have a chance. I might be able to watch them both if I care that much. Yeah. But yeah, if, if, and if I really cared, you know what I'd do, Spencer? What'd you, what'd you do? I'd head over to betonline.ag. Nice. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect. It has been for the last 10 weeks. <laughs> and there are teams strutting their stuff. But we just want to remind you that it's still in full effect, in case y'all didn't know. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online head to bet online today use promo code armchair to take advantages of all of the great sign-up bonuses bet online your online sportsbook experts support for the 23 personal podcast comes from manscaped who is best in the men's below the bell grooming game manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels bringing that that great line back i love it Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. Obviously, I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. In this package, you get the Lawnmower 3.0, which is their body hair trimmer. Uh, You also get the Crop Preserver. It's the anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, balls do stink. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I am thankful. Michael, I am thankful for the Crop Reviver. Oh, yeah. It's Thanksgiving. Are you going to say that at the table? I am. We're going to go around holding hands. What are you thankful for? The Crop Reviver. And tell us why. This great product, along with the Crop Preserver, the deodorant, keeps me from sweating, smelling, and sticking down below. Perfect package will come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those over your used pair of boxers uh, with the high-performance Manscaped anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, the best gift of all, Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use promo code armchair, clean up your nuts, and make Santa proud this year. Why would Santa be proud? I am so sure he's worried about my grooming habits. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, also, I mean, he, he, he does. He sees you when you're sleeping. He, who knows what else he can see? Manscaped is, like I said, proud uh, supporter of the 23 Personal Podcast. Do offer 20% off and free shipping. But be on the lookout for Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals. They are a coming. I've got details on the Twitter on Friday. Oh, a little tease. 23 Personnel. Check it out. Follow, Follow us. us at 23 Personnel. Yeah, there's going to be some deals. And ladies, I'm sure we have a lot of lady listeners. Maybe you've got that special man in your life who needs a, needs oh. a 3.0 product. 
a little nudge Watch in the right direction. Deals. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Kind of one of those hint gifts. <laughs> Go for it. It's like when my mom deal. used to give us like that, um, that old spice gift package. It was like, what are you saying? Like it, it came with like the body wash and all that kind of stuff. Like, oh, oh yeah. Must, yeah. You must think I'm stinky. Guys. Thanks mom. What, what do you, why do you, why do you think I need seven different deodorants? Yeah. yeah. What, what always hurt was when you got it for multiple people. <laughs> multiple people thought you needed to, to step up your, your hygiene yeah. game. Yeah, here's some uh, here's some more toothpaste, Michael. I've got like three tubes of toothpaste this this season. Yeah, so at least if you're gonna do it this year, get a great deal, twenty percent off. That's right. But be on the lookout for Black Friday Cyber Monday deals. Check out Twitter. All right, let's get to our Oklahoma State preview. Um, passing wise, I I, I want to look at this past game uh, against Oklahoma, but realize that the Oklahoma defense was able to really fluster the quarterbacks. One. They knocked out Spencer Sanders, and he missed a good, at least half of the game, if not more. Um, he returned late. It was strange because it was it was a head injury. Like It looked like they were suspicious of a concussion. Yeah, um, that doesn't seem like something you just can come back in now. And, but, but hold in, on. In this day and age. The, the backup quarterback was so terrible. I think they were like, well, if he says he's okay, I'll put him back in, I guess. Um, Gosh. So that they, they put in their true freshman, Shane Illingworth, who went five for 21. Michael, five for 21, 71 yards, 3.4 yards per attempt, and one touchdown. Now, what they were able to do, like I said, Oklahoma was able to get a lot of pressure on him, and he just was throwing the ball away. He was so inaccurate when he was pressured. Um, not, not, not that Spencer Sanders was, was any better on the day. I mean, he was... 10 of 19 on the day for like 90 something yards and an interception. Um, but you know, you're not sure what you're gonna get with Spencer Sanders this weekend. If he's going to be healthy, fully ready to go. You did see last year, you were able to get a lot of pressure on Sanders and forced a ton of pressure on him. Yeah. Forced five turnovers. Um, we've seen, you know, he didn't respond well to pressure. Shane Ellingworth did not respond well to pressure. I think that's got to be uh, game plan key number one on your defensive game plan for Oklahoma State is when they drop back to pass, you need to be in the quarterback space. They do not respond well to pressure. Running the ball um, this past, like I said, this weekend, uh, 28 carries for 78 yards. Um, if you look at Tuba Hubbard, he had eight carries for 44 yards. But one of the, like 29 of those yards came on one play. So he was basically finished the day. If you take out that one, seven carries for what is that? 25 yards. Yeah. No 19. I don't know. It's, it's something ridiculous. Um, Desmond Jackson, three carries for 26 yards. He was their next leading rusher, three carries, 26 yards with a long of 25 yards. Not super effective overall. He he had two carries for one yard outside of that one. LB Brown, 10 carries for 23 yards with a long of nine. So he had nine carries that amounted to 14 yards. Like, and this is against OU that that they were able to break off a couple of longer runs, one each, basically 29, 25 and nine yards. But if you take those, those yardage out, like they, they rushed for 78 yards in the day, 
uh, that's 54, 63 yards of their 78 came on three carries. Did you get any insight as to why Hubbard only ran the ball eight times? He, that seems like a, a short amount that, I mean, one of the best players in the league that they, just does not seem like enough carries. Yeah. So that they mentioned the broadcast, he's been nursing an injured ankle and he was, he, okay. he, he limped quite a bit on the sideline. Um, there wasn't anything like major, like he didn't, there wasn't like a big injury, like he didn't twist it or roller in the game. It just looked like he's something he hasn't been able to fully come back from. I'm not sure when it happened, but Hubbard has not been rushing, uh, as well as he did last year. Obviously when you put up nearly 2,100 rushing yards and you come back through seven games, and you've only put up 600 yards. Yeah. You're going to say, well, he's not doing so well this year. Um, now on the year Hubbard's rushing just under five yards of carry five touchdowns, 625 yards. So it's decent. But like I said, when you compare it to last year, when he ran for 2,100 yards, it's not the same guy. Yeah, no, completely he, different. And I think it's 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 just not there physically for him. I think it's it's an injury health issue. Um, guys behind him, LB Brown. I mean, he's carried it half as many times as Chuba Hubbard, and put up 400 yards. He's rushing for oh, just over five and a half yards a carry. Um, and that's basically it. It's it's, it's those two guys, but like, they're not. They're not what they were last year. And when we talked about a little earlier, <clears throat> their passing game, I mean, it's just, it's also just not really there. Spencer Sanders completing 65% of his passes on this season. Uh, the, the two quarterbacks, Sanders and Illingsworth, have combined for 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns. It's not a lot. Like they're like it's so strange to think about Oklahoma State just not doing well on offense. And that's that's where they're at this year. They're just not as good as they are. Defensively, though, still, I mean, they're one of the, the better teams in the conference that isn't getting all the attention that you would think one of the best defensive teams in the conference would be getting. I think it's just solely because of their offensive identity. That's gotta be what it is, because I was I was not super shocked because I'd watched enough Big Twelve football and know that most of these games that Oklahoma state's in are relatively low scoring. Part of it's because as you just mentioned, their offense just really can't, they're not moving the ball. Like we're used to seeing them, but then at the same token, I mean, they're, they're just not allowing as much. Mm -mm. Uh, they're not allowing as much either. They're kind of dictating the pace of the game in a lot of ways, except, you know, when you go down, we know how this is when you go down 21, you know, give up 21 in a row to Oklahoma. That's, that's going to kind of ruin your day. Yeah. They, they gave up 21 unanswered points in the first quarter to Oklahoma this past weekend. Uh, it was like within nine minutes too. It was like, they were down 21 zero. They still have like six minutes left to go in the quarter. It's like, oof. Yeah. Now, uh, they held Oklahoma to six more points until like late into the fourth quarter. It was like 27 points. Um, Oklahoma had scored 27 points going into the fourth quarter and then they scored another 14 there. But yeah, on, on defense, they, they're really good at, at getting pressure. Um, they've got some great running backs, it's not linebackers, excuse me, and great defensive back. Like they're, they're solid at every level of the defense. Um, on third down, they only allow 24 and a half percent conversion on third down. Ooh. 
Tech con- tech converts forty one percent, which is pretty good. Um, their their red zone is, I mean, it's better than tax, but they allow eighty three percent conversion in the red zone. So I think if you can get a, a drive going and, and get into the red zone, you've got a pretty good shot there. They give up more touchdowns and field goals in the red zone, which is a thing you like to see as, as an opponent. Um, and I think Tech's red zone conversion with all day Garibay, that percentage could increase. Yeah, it's definitely going up. Uh, offensively for them, they are 90% going to the red zone, 12 touchdowns and 14 field goals. Also though, that, that, that ratio, you feel pretty good about that. They're kicking more field goals than they are in touchdowns. Um, defensively again, they allow 57% completion percentage, uh, six and a half yards per attempt on the year though. They've only forced four interceptions. So as good as I said that they were at every level, um, they're just not creating as many turnovers on the year turnover margin. They're minus four. So their defensive only forced six turnovers where their offense is given over 10 times. Now, if you look at tech, tech is minus five. So that's essentially the same. Yeah. About the, about the same. But I think like, like we're pointing to their, their defense is really good at being disruptive. If you look at their havoc plays, they have, they are better than eight tackles for loss per game. Th- more than three and a half sacks a game. They get to the quarterback and hurry four times a game but have only converted all like as much as those numbers are good. Like I said, have only converted all that quarterback pressure, uh, havoc plays into four interceptions in terms of total defense they're number 15 in the country though. So it's like, it's one of those things where they don't give up a lot of yards. Uh, they're pretty good, um, at creating some havoc without the turnovers. Now, if they were turning the ball over, they would be a much, much more, be a much scarier opponent on, on defense. Not, not that facing the number 15 defense isn't already. And like I said, the eight tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, four quarterback hurries. Those are worrisome numbers. The 24 and a half percent third down conversion percentage is a worrisome number, but I think you, you can see some holes in there. Like if you get in the red zone, you feel pretty good about it. Um, they're, I, I don't, I, I get it, but then I don't get it how they're favored by 11 points this weekend. Michael, what, what's your take on how this game could or is going to go? I, I think it's really going to text text offense just has not performed well or consistently all year. Uh, probably their, their best, one of their best games was against Texas and mm-hmm. anything beyond that, inexplicably against Texas, I guess I could say looking back, uh, any sort of team with any sort of defensive capability has just stifled this team. And I completely disregarded the fact that Aranda was a, a defensive coordinator before going to Baylor. So, yeah, I should have thought of that a while ago when I was saying, yeah, but what, what identity does... Baylor have as far as defense goes, you know, in comparison to Campbell and, and uh, Patterson, but we're, you're looking at an Oklahoma state team who is, uh, I mean, they're averaging allowing like 18 points a game and, and Tech's offense who has not been able to move the ball at all against any sort of formidable defense is about to go on the road to play this team. 
I don't like how that's going to work out. I, I think, I think the offense is going to stall. I think it's going to be frustrating. Uh, the, the only good news is it looks like Oklahoma state's kind of in the same boat. Their offense has not produced like what we've seen in the past. And, um, I mean, are, are we ready to do scores? Are we, are we trying to, yeah, I think so. Are we to that point yet? Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on the 11 point spread. That seems, uh, that seems high. I, my, my friend Adam just pegged it. I think he guessed 10 when they opened and I guess like seven and a half or something, but maybe the, maybe it's kind of a seven and a half game, but then they get the three points for being at home. I don't know. I don't think tech's going to, um, win. Sorry. I also don't think they're going to cover. I, I, I think OSU's going to uh, figure out Tech a little bit in some way. But, man, I'm just thinking like a knockdown, drag out. OSU's going to win 28 to 21, something like that. It's not going to be your grandfather's, you know, Big 12 game or, or whatever people like to say. Well, so you said that the Tech wouldn't cover, but that score would have them covering. Oh, that's, that's not what I meant. I'm sorry. Oh, I did. OSU would. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I definitely said the wrong thing there. My bad. In in my mind, like I I hadn't written it down, but I had a a very similar score. I was thinking, um, like I was gonna say 27, 21. Uh, but I think it could be something. I almost had 31, 21, but I thought, man, I don't know if Oklahoma state's good. Tech's defense has done pretty well too. I mean, it's, especially against an offense that has had trouble moving the ball, you know, against Baylor's offense, Tech's defense did, I think, great. So I, that's kind of where I'm like, oh, it's just going to be a, a low scoring, you know, for us, for, for this type of matchup that we're used to seeing 28, 21 kind of deal. Yeah. So I, I'm going to say um, Tech covers, but barely. I'm going to say 27-17, Oklahoma State. Ooh, ouch. 17. Yeah, and I, I think um, it's it's going to be more about just how disruptive Oklahoma State can and, and, and will be uh, against the Texas Tech offensive line on defense for them. It's um, a key battle. You're right. That I think they're just going to, they're going to slow down Texas offense, Texas Tech's offense, uh, even more so than, than, than we've seen. Um, and then just Texas Tech's defense will be decent, but give up a few too many big plays uh, and allow Oklahoma State to win this by two scores. But maybe maybe Oklahoma State scores late to, to, to push it that far. Like, you know, maybe it's, tw- you know, 21-17, um, and Oklahoma State has like a six-minute drive or something in the fourth quarter or something like that. Yes, something ridiculous to 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 put it away. A twenty twenty to seventeen, and then Oklahoma yeah, State it, scores late. It's it's kind of weird to to pick a game based on how well we we think both defenses are going to play, <laughs> and and to really judge it and and just think you know I, I this I don't trust this Tech offense period and i definitely don't trust them against any sort of defense that has been able to stop anyone <laughs> and this, these guys have have done it so uh could be a, a frustrating day but it's football and we will enjoy it until there is no more yeah for sure 
All right, let's get to questions. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy? Damn it, who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Two questions. David Morales sends in one. Do y'all see Yoast returning next year? I have a hard time seeing him coming back. I kind of don't think he should, but I think he will. I think he will. Uh, Yoast sticks out with him? Or Wells? That's what I meant. Wells kind of hangs on to him. Yeah. One, I think they're on a three-year contract, so that would that would make it his last year. I, I I think he'll be back. I'm not necessarily convinced that he should be because somehow we've got two quarterbacks who are completely inconsistent from when compared to themselves, not just each other. When compared to different versions of themselves in Ames or in Manhattan or in, you know, in Lubbock, uh, just completely inconsistent. Yeah. Fort Worth, whatever. It's, it's just, that doesn't help his case. I don't think, but I think he'll be back. That's, that's my thought on it. I think one of the things that, that may do him in is something he, he said himself is that quarterbacks do much better in year two. Oh yeah. That hasn't been the Not case. just quarterbacks, but the offense. Yeah. The off, like it's just the worse. offense in general. Um, and I just think there are too many good offensive coordinators. And I think, um, like that you can just look around and say, I think we can be better if we just change, like do a little shift in philosophy here or just, you know, bring in somebody else. So I, me personally, I don't think he's, he's back. Um, but it understandably will be difficult to recruit an offensive coordinator to come here when Wells may be on thin ice. Now it's, yes. it's, uh, it, it it's going to be difficult to recruit no matter what. <laughs> It's worked for, for Texas when, when, you know, Herman goes and fires basically everybody but himself. Um, and they've been able to find, you know, at least modest success, whereas last year it was a dumpster fire. Texas Tech is not Texas. Understand that. Uh, but I, I do think I, I, I'm just arrogant enough to think that Texas Tech can find somebody decent as an offensive coordinator to, to make this just more competitive and not you know you don't have like the weird like why why are we this way thoughts <laughs> right <laughs> and and it's it's more frustrating because probably the the least and and don't take this as a slight but the least talented group on the offense is probably the offensive line and we both just talked about how well relatively they're playing this year there's some exceptions on pass coverage for sure but but this is probably one of, if not the most talented group of running backs we've had as tech fans that I can remember in the last 20 years. At least I mean, it's, it's an extremely talented group of running backs as a group. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think you've had more top end talent before, but I think top sure. to bottom, I think you're, you're more loaded now than you, you have been for a long, long time. Yes. Uh, there's no, you know, you, you don't cringe when, 
Xavier White comes in instead of Stradrick Thompson for a series or something that you're not worried about it. You or definitely don't cringe when Taj Brooks comes in either, and he's a freshman. Like yeah, like you're not you're not cringing when your second or third string running back comes. You're like, man, I'm actually really excited about Taj Brooks. Yeah, like, oh man, let's here. see what he can do. Yeah, let's let's see what he can do. So I mean, just the talent on this offense, just on paper, and not just on paper, what we've seen them do, the receivers, the speed. The hands of these receivers, you know, Ezukama has just barely gotten a chance to shine. Vasher has just about disappeared. I, I think a lot of it just has to do with the offense in general and not so much the players. So it, that's what's frustrating about it is seeing a group this talented not be able to put it together. And that's on coaching. Anyway, yeah. end of my end of my uh frustrated offensive coordinator rant all right his second question on on the basketball who do you think is going to be the leading scorer for men's basketball so my first thought was going to be mac mcclunk really the problem like i that was my, my 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 gut reaction but then logic was like, it's going to be difficult to get a newcomer to come in here and be the leading scorer. i think you're going to look at guys like um not Terrence Shannon, Kyler Edwards, and uh, why am I blanking? Kevin, his name? Kevin McCullough. Kevin McCullough. Those two guys, okay. I think, are going to be competing to be your leading scorer. Uh, Terrence Shannon is going to be productive, I think. Joel and Tomboy. Um, any any of your guards really are going to be productive, but I think you know if it's if I'm going to go with a a veteran for Texas tech. It's going to be one of those two guys probably with the edge going to Edwards. That's, that's really who that was my first pick too. was, was Edwards. I think McClung is a nice pick because I think he will fill that Moretti role of being the guy that shoots all the free throws at the end of the games. And so that kind of will boost it a little bit and he's able to, I mean, if, if he goes in at his height, he's going to get fouled quite a bit. And if he's making free throws, then he's going to be scoring quite a few points. So that's, that's a pretty decent guess. I hadn't really considered that until you started talking through it some more. But for me, I would guess Kyler Edwards at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's a junior this year. I, I just, I don't know if there was some sort of, I'm completely speculating here. I don't know if there was kind of like a, a divide or a push pull thing with him and Ramsey, but I kept expecting Edwards to be that guy last year. And every now and then, you know, he'd have a streak two or three games. He would, and he'd just play lights out and shoot a bunch of shots and make, you know, make a bunch of shots too. And then there'd, there'd be a game where he'd shoot four shots. So I, yeah, I'm not really sure what to expect. Um, but I, I have some hopes for him this year to kind of overcome that a little bit. I think one thing that you mentioned that we haven't talked about, or at least I haven't considered, is the 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 absence that that we could feel in those that, that free throw shooting from Moretti. Oh um, yeah, as some of that I don't shot, know why, but I think about that. I think about that a well, lot because that was just so automatic. He was ninety five percent. Yeah, like he'd get up there and hit nine out of ten, or ten out of like he would go perfect. Like he'd have perfect games uh, up there at the line, and you know some nights and he was just like. You know, at the end of the game, if it was close, you really just need to get the ball to Moretti because one, he could score on his own. Like he wasn't 
the most proficient score, like in creating his own shot. But more often than not, like if, if he's fouled, he's, he's getting you points. Um, like, and McClung's, I mean, he's, he's not Moretti, but he's an 80% free throw shooter. I, I, I would probably say McClung is better at, at getting to the rack and scoring himself, but he's also a, a really good free throw. Like 80% is still really good. It's four or five. Um, and if the, if he's your main ball handler, I mean, when it comes down to that at the end of the game, that's who's going to be receiving the inbounds pass and that's who's going to get tagged. And he's so fast and quick. He's going to get around those because they always tried to get it to where Moretti couldn't get the inbounds pass. And so they wouldn't be able to foul him, but Reddy would would get around those screens and fight through, get the ball. McClung's definitely going to be able to do that. And yeah, it is an 80% free throw shooter. That's one of the guys you want in the line for sure. Yeah. All right. So let's wrap this up and get to what did we learn? What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I don't really have anything besides my little COVID story to start the, the podcast where that went way too long. What, what, what have you learned? I have learned that buying an Xbox Series X is an exercise in futility. It's basically <laughs> a test of wills. I've... I've never been the guy to need the new game system the second it came out. But as most of you know, the last year I've been uh, borderline obsessed with farming simulator. And so I've got the Xbox one S which is the, the home version, the, the, uh, I don't know what you call it. The light moderate gamer version of the Xbox one. It's not the the one X or anything. And so the loading time is incredibly slow and I know the graphics aren't what they could be. So I'm really wanting a series X. And so I've tried to get one. I, I just completely ignored it the week it came out. I knew that wasn't going to work. And then Walmart randomly had some available at 2 PM on a, on a Wednesday or something and my boss was in my office and I still just got my Chromebook and I was like, hang on, <laughs> I hang on a this. second. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta check this out. And of, of course it, it didn't work. They were sold out almost instantly. And then I woke up Sunday morning and Best Buy had some randomly. So I kept trying to click some at Best Buy. And if I had really, really wanted one, I think I could have picked one up in one of the surrounding towns like Odessa or Abilene or Weatherford. But <laughs> I'm not drive. committed as a, <laughs> yeah, I'm not committed as a 37 year old man with a toddler to just like hop in the car and drive a 10 hour round trip to pick up an Xbox. So I don't think that would have gone over well, but anyway, Walmart is doing it again tomorrow and it's going to be right as tech's game is kind of wrapping up or getting close to ending. I think at 8 PM, they're going to release some more and I expect to completely be made to look a fool again for the third time in trying to get an Xbox and ending up with nothing. But the thing that you just put in your cart is now sold out, <laughs> which is what happened the first time. Yeah. Just, so, I just, I was always behind it. I was always behind it my entire life. Everything I got was sometimes I was so behind. It was like, Oh, well the new thing came out. So let me get the thing that it replaced because it's really cheap now. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm done. Yeah, that. Like, like, oh, the PS3 is about to come out. Well, this is a perfect time for me to get a PS2 because of my obsession back in college with Guitar Hero. That was the thing that I just 
played for hours and hours. And so, yeah, that was, that's what I've learned. Good luck, everyone. I hope anyone trying to get a PS5 or an Xbox Series X is able to find one before 2022. But, you know, things are pretty dire. <laughs> so I've, I, I've not... I've not kept up so well with the the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation Five releases. Um, again, I've I've never been one to 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 go after a new gaming system platform, whatever you want to call it, as it's released. But this this feels very uh, different. Like I I don't ever remember gaming systems being this difficult to pick up for this long. Now like on first release, like the first week or whatever. Yeah. That, that kind of makes sense. But like to go through these multiple waves of like limited releases that sell out in seconds. Um, yeah. It's seconds. wild. Yes. And, and I think a lot of it's to do, I've read a few things that they're only producing what they know they can sell. Well, you can sell and whatever you produce at this point. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. And, I remember as a kid, you know, the X, the first Xbox came out or the first PlayStation came out or the Dreamcast or whatever it was. People had them. My friends had them pretty soon after they came out. Mm -hmm. If their parents got them for them, it wasn't, it wasn't like six months later, they're on a waiting list or they paid some guy that bought 10 of them (laughs) $1,400, which is what I've seen on Amazon people tried to sell these scalp these things basically just just trash people trying to make a buck off of this crap yeah and the other thing that, that gets me is like it, it's it's been like just like the market will bear like a new gaming platform comes out at 300 dollars. it's always been 300 dollars. but like yeah. ps5 and xbox series like screw that we're gonna charge whatever the heck we want and they're getting it and, they're, and we're also seeing like like you said these people on the secondary market, like even on, on, on Facebook here locally, I saw somebody list a PlayStation five new in box. And they had all the pictures for a thousand dollars. Now, most people yeah. reacted to that post and they were just laughing. Like we get that the, everybody wants a PlayStation five, but nobody's paying a thousand dollars for this thing. And he's like, it's fine. I don't have to sell it right now. <laughs> well, and that was yesterday. GameStop put a bunch of PS fives on, but GameStop had this specific bundle and I don't know what all the bundle had. I know it had a second controller and I'm sure a, a game or two or something. But anyway, it was almost $800 and they sold out within minutes too. Cause people were just like, I don't care. Okay. It comes with a PS five. Sure. Sounds great. I'm going to spend $800 right now to get the same PS five that some guy got for 500 last week. But this one has a, a couple extra things. I don't even know if I need, but I just need the PS five. Yeah. And it's, it's bizarre, man. I've never been a part of this, but yeah. I'm with you. It just does seem a little more intense. And I wasn't even going to try till after Christmas because I just thought, what's the point? It's Christmas. But because that'll, that'll drive up demand even more. But I think COVID and all that kind of stuff has really driven it up. And and uh, there's random guys like me in their late 30s who got into a, a farming game who feel like they really need a, <laughs> a need better way to play power. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's get some teraflops up in this biosh. So the, the, what's interesting is, is the note here. It says, due to very high demand, this Black Friday online deal now available at 9 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, November 25th. They give you, like, like you said, a very specific time. Like, we're going to release it. And I, I can guarantee you, 9.01 Eastern, that's going to be like locked out. 
There'd be people that'll be there hitting refresh for five minutes before with this in their cart and still miss well, it. Crashed, it crashed the Walmart site when I tried it during the middle of a, a work week last week. It, it crashed the site. It's, it had the, like a logo that says, oh dear, the page <laughs> you're on does not exist. or what, And it's an actual drawing of a deer. Gosh. Frustrating. Now, when all this is, is, is cleared, all, all the dust is settled, you have an Xbox Series X, uh, and you've got Farming Simulator going, and we're allowed to be people, be seeing people and uh, in person. You better believe I'm coming over to play some Farming Simulator. Oh man, just just come on, come on to the, my house. I'm, I think once I get it, I'm going to also purchase the season pass and get all the DLC. <laughs> uh, so I'm going all in, baby. I, I actually had to go through, and this is more of a statement of like what's already on, on my PlayStation, and that we didn't get a very large uh, hard drive. I had to go through and like delete a bunch of mods, like the oh, last yeah. night or the night before. Cause I was going through just like downloading everything. I was like, you know, I never use the big boy tractors. Like they're, they're like, you know, monstrosities or, you know, 700 horsepower things that look like a, you know, a couple of, uh, semi trucks out there. But yeah. I, I yeah don't and if you're playing, if you're playing on those small British maps, you can't even get them <laughs> from like A to stuck. B. I, I can't stand those small maps. I always play like on the American theme maps that are big wide open spaces. I've been I've been enjoying the small ones lately. I've I've randomly started this little game on, I think it's a German place. I I don't even know. So but it's it's really small map, and but I've been getting a kick out of it. I I do believe that Farming Simulator is a German engineered game. Yes. So yes. Anyways, yeah, I'm, <laughs> Farming Simulator talk. <laughs> to end it up, I know it's it's great. I, I'm actually I might get back on tonight. And I, 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 I haven't played in a while and I've played probably three times this week already. Um, but yeah, so Texas Tech has four games this week, three basketball games and a, a football game. Plenty of opportunity to, to get behind and root for your Red Raiders. We will be back. Uh, one will be on the radio Saturday morning, assuming our show doesn't get uh, canceled or pulled again for health concerns. But we will definitely, we're, we're definitely planning on at least uh, post-game instant reaction type recording sometime on Saturday following the football game. We'll obviously have all those other basketball games to talk about as well. So for Michael, I'm Spencer. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.